Welcome to No Pointers with your hosts, Gerald Verslaus, Stephen Davison, and Mark Halliburton. Today, we will be talking about all the joys and pleasures of contributing to open source software. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we will be learning about contributing to open source software. I, for one, have been working with the Xamarin Forms team for quite a while, and I had some real eye-openers on what is involved in working on open source software uh, project that big day in, day out. There are some fun challenges in there, but more on that later. Uh, between the three of us, we have different levels of experience with contributing, I think. Uh, I'm looking at you, Mark. I'm still trying to convince you to do a contribution for Xamarin Forms because you are one of the people that just take and, and never give back. Um, that's not how open source works, man. Yeah, th thank you for the for the kind reminder and outing me here. Uh, you have me fully convinced. It's more like yeah, getting the time right. I'm thinking about some great excuses why I haven't done it yet. But yes, you, you're right. I, I should be giving back. And it's not just because uh, of the guilt trip, uh, but it's also, it can be quite a lot of fun, like uh, diving into these code spaces, seeing how Xamarin Forms works and just, uh, yeah, also getting to understand a bit better how the framework is actually built up. And this can also help you when you on your daily job and have to extend certain points. And I've been studying up on my homework. I've been uh, watching how people have contributed in the past. Uh, I'm looking at you, Stephen and Gerald. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's quite it's quite a big project, I must say. Uh, I am I'm glad for any hints that I, I got along the way to, to just get it like up and running, starting grab my first issue, starting to make it reproducible and uh, on the way now to to actually build in the fix. Well, it's on the interwebs now, so all of our listeners are going to force you to do that PR. Um, and you'll learn something from this episode and you'll know how to do it. Um, so you can start right after this recording. Uh, but first, let's talk a little bit about the very important stuff in the world. Who here has played Animal Crossing? I have not. I, I think I'm the only one with a Switch here, um, but I, I have not played it I am, ever. I'm considering to buy a Switch just to find out what it's all about because I... Okay, I'll, I'll admit this. I've installed TikTok on my phone. Um, I, I, yes, I, this, this is my coming out. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's the it's the other thing that I I was missing out on. It's it's the hip new social media that all the teenagers are doing. Um, so I, I felt left out. I'm, I I feel the age, um, yeah, taking the best of me. Uh, so I had to see what it's all about. And you can do quite a lot without actually curating an account. So I'm I'm just now flipping all the TikToks. And uh, I don't know, it's it's kind of addictive. But anyway, I'm drifting off. Um, and there also is a lot of Animal Crossing stuff going on. Um, and the other half of the TikToks is about the Switches being sold out everywhere. Um, so I don't think I can even get a Switch at this point. But I, I mean, I don't even know what it's... Is it like a new form of, of The Sims? Is that it? I just compare it to Tamagotchi in a massive online open world where everyone has their own little person that does menial jobs in that world. And 
there's something with turnips. Turnips are gold. They are. I don't like them in real life, but they're gold in there. Yeah, because I mean, we have James Montemagno. Um, he is a well-known person in the Xamarin community, and he is also big on the gaming and also on the Switch, Nintendo, and um, apparently big-time fan of Animal Crossing as well. Because he just released his own app to track turnip prices and 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 do all kinds of things. So there's stuff going around. I don't even know what it's all about, but. Uh... It seems pretty cool. Go grab that thing. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. So maybe in some other episode, you. I, I mean, maybe I won't even have time to record another episode. I'll be just hooked on Animal Crossing. I, I think mainly it sort of in, it came at the right time. Well, obviously, you couldn't call the whole Corona crisis thing. <laughs> Are right you saying time, that it's, but... it's something done by Nintendo to promote their game? Is that what no, you're saying? No, 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 <laughs> definitely not. But um, I, I think it, it allows you to connect to people that you currently can't really connect to. Obviously, you could start team calls and all that stuff, but that feels so businessy, I guess. Um, so meeting up in, a, in an online game world and doing fun stuff in there if you're all gamers well that that obviously i can imagine why people really like that aspect of it at the moment yeah that's that's something really nice to think about so i i must admit i have no nintendo switch and i really have no idea what animal crossing is so thank you for all the hints i am now afraid that if i ever would buy a switch and then install it uh my days would be lost to it <laughs> Uh, but I've also noticed uh, during the Corona crisis that um, it, you like to reach out to people and you you also like to talk to them. And I think playing a game together is a, is a really fun experience. Uh, I've uh, for, since ages I have once installed a, a chess app on my iPhone, which works with iMessages. So you you send each other moves and just so everyone knows, I'm really crap at playing chess. Uh, but I've been playing it a lot more recently uh, with a couple of friends. And yeah, it's fun. It's just uh, you keep in contact. Sometimes you share just the move. Sometimes you share the move with some daily wisdom. And that's uh, it's fun to stay in touch like over a game. Cool. Do you play anything else, Mark? I, I don't. You don't really strike me as a gaming person. Um, my my gaming days are are a bit um dusted. Uh, so I I have a, an Xbox three sixty in in my home and uh in my home i don't know where it is but it's somewhere in my home it must <laughs> there's be. a beer sitting on top of it right now <laughs> it might be in the basement uh but it's still connected to tv and from time to time i will play a good session of halo in a co-op mode on legendary um so yeah uh that's that's always fun i i really like to play together with people oh and here we are and here i am going through assassin's creed in single player <laughs> like a loner and I think at the time of recording this, it was just announced that Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 are getting a remake. Awesome. Oh, that's really awesome. I played that one on the Nintendo 64 when it was this tall. I know no one sees that on the podcast. I think it was PlayStation for me. Yeah, so for me too. I guess that. But those, those really have some sentimental value. I never really skateboarded or skated in my life, but yeah, that was also... A thing that came at the right time at that point i guess the skating culture i think at the time wasn't that great and i think that game really made it pop oh yeah and together with avril lavigne he's just a skater boy it's at the later boy so i mean it all worked it all worked you're you're just you're silent now you're impressed with my singing skills right yes I, i'm absolutely impressed all right so enough with the socializing boys it's been fun but now we have to get down to business Contributing to OSS. So I think we've already established Mark has done nothing. 
Thank you for your services. <laughs> Stephen has done a little. Um, and I have done, well, it's not really fair. I have done some while I was still community. Um, and I think, I mean, it's never confirmed, but I think that also played part in me actually joining Microsoft. Um, and then I did a lot of contributing to open source software. But yeah, does it does it really still count if it's your job, if you're paid to do it? Well, I think it does. It's, it's out in the open. Though, though, if you would ask me personally, I would say no, not you, Gerald. But yeah, um, but I also think, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's hard. I mean, contributing to open source can be scary because, uh, yeah, you, you know, like you submit your code in the open, it usually gets reviewed, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the imposter syndrome comes right back at you. And I also think it's uh, it's important to say, like, uh, you don't just, I mean, when you talk about open source in general. It's not just writing code. I mean, you can also be contributing by writing documentation, updating old documentation. I mean, I, I have done a few of those or just uh, when something is wrong because it's outdated. Those are all great contributions that you can make. Um, it's it's especially nice because uh, these days, uh, all the docs from, from Microsoft, they're all also in GitHub. So when you do a contribution, they will actually, uh, you sometimes get included in some nice thank you notes uh, whenever they make a review of the past month weeks who has been contributing to the documentation yeah i think there's a couple of reasons i think i mean you're touching on a lot of things with what you're saying right now but the thing that really triggers me most about that is is something that i've experienced myself let's be clear about that but there's a big threshold to actually start it Ooh, it's a big project and and it's out in the open so other people will see how bad i actually am at coding and even worse, there will be people on the actual team that are going to look at it and they're going to say, this is this is crap, Mark. You should turn in your coding license and you should never do it again. Um, go, lands yeah, go landscaping, do something. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's, that's never going to happen unless it's a very crappy and toxic uh, open source piece of software. But, you know, I mean, I've seen both sides now because... There was this initiative also tied to Xamarin Forms where there were a lot of issues that were just too small to pick up by the, the actual team, but they were annoying a lot of people. So we back then, I, I was just in the community and a couple of people got together and we were like, okay, we are going to fix all these small things. We are going to, I think it was named the Community Sprint or something. We identified a whole bunch of those issues and we just, we just did it. And I think that helped a lot of people, including myself, to get over that initial fear of doing it because there were 10 or something. And we never did it before mostly so you could ask the most basic questions to other people like hey how do you do this how do you do that and everyone was comfortable doing that that was really helpful getting over that first thing and i've also seen the other side now because fast forward in time i got hired uh, at microsoft on the actual Xamarin forms team so I, I got to see the other side as well and we're really grateful for every contribution that is coming in and yes we give feedback but that is not a, a bad thing it's not to make you cry mark it's to to empower you it's to make you better but it's, you. It's, no all, all kidding aside i mean we're happy we know that you do that in the time that you probably are are not spending on work so you do it in the evening hours you're doing it in your free time and you decide to spend that free time still working and, and doing work uh, for us so that's that's 
something that we always have in mind. And besides that, it's it 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 only makes sense that we would have some kind of feedback, right? I mean, we have a certain way of doing things. We work um, in in this code base each day. It's a large code base, so you don't know everything, and there might be some extension methods in there that you don't know about that that is better to use in this case. Um, so the only thing that we do is like give you some feedback, like, hey, we would like to see this a little bit different. Did you think about it that way? And you you have these discussions every day with your colleagues on your job right now as well. Um, uh, so why is that any different than getting that feedback from someone else? That is different because it's a big project that you might look up to. You look up to the people for some reason. You think they're they're amazing, so you're a bit intimidating. Intimidated. I I totally get that, but you should not let that stop you from from doing things. I think. So you said before that you do the reviews for people that submit to, to this large project. I, I'm just wondering, I mean, I, I guess it must be quite tough um, because giving feedback, you say I, you want to empower the people and being open source um, usually means the feedback comes back in a written form. Yep. I guess it's not wrong to stay always super positive on the feedback. You know, like um, just I think uh, people on the other side, when you read text, there, there's multiple ways how you can interpret it. And I think it's always important that when you read something that can sound a bit harsh, don't go there and thinking the other person tries to be mean to you. It's probably just not optimally formulated in a text message because it's it's quite hard to just read text and get feedback and there are no visual cues. There's no face in front of you smiling at you, saying this and saying like, hey, it's not that bad, but have you thought about this and that and all those things? And so I, I, I get it that um, some open source environments, they can feel quite toxic because of that, or they can turn very quickly toxic when you do not uh, have a special focus on how you deliver the message. Yeah, so, and that that is a very interesting interesting topic, actually, and that is one of the big things that I noticed and, and learned in this past year, uh, basically. I, I've been at it for a year now. And, you know, there is so much loss in translation on multiple levels, on actual translation, because a lot of the people that are doing contributions are not native english speakers so they might not have the yeah, ability i don't know how to how to say it any better but you know in their language probably they they express things differently so they they might not type it the way that they really uh, intended it to come out and then on the other end as the receiver so if i'm reading something then i have the habit to read something negative is too strong a word but you know it's it's very easy to get a negative vibe from from something that's written like like you say, Mark, you don't see the expression on their face or body language signs, yeah, nuances. So it's you. You really have to get into that, and I, I personally think that I'm pretty good at that. And just think like, okay, this person is probably not trying to annoy us. I mean, we're all trying to achieve the same thing, and it's not bad to have a discussion as well, right? But yeah, so it's it comes down to having a lot of patience, um, having a lot of messages back and forth. And the other thing is, I mean, it's if you think about like Microsoft and uh, it's a big company and ooh, very scary and um, we are not approachable as a team. I mean, that is not true. Uh, there has been also times where I just jumped on a call with someone and you talk about the same thing and that person is completely different uh, than what you have imagined from um, the, the written messages that you got from them because then you, you might think, hey, this person is not really nice and they are not really cooperative. Um, or, or if you just take them offline um, um, so you... Um, get them into a private channel on on Twitter or through email or whatever. 
um, and you just have a one-on-one -on -one with them. Yeah, there's there's a lot more uh, to it uh, there. So, you know, there's there's a lot of sides to that communication and that is really hard to get right. Definitely. Yeah, and I think the the part that you shouldn't forget is why you're actually doing it. I mean, obviously, the initial threshold might be a bit steep, but you want to contribute to the project. You want to give back something to the people who've made something that you've made a lot of use of. And, and maybe just also, like Mark said in the beginning, to get some experience from other people and other code bases and, and how they solve specific problems. I, I think in the end, it, it'll make you a better coder and by contributing you just basically also put your name out there a bit uh, like Gerald already said like if if he hadn't done public contributions his name might not be as known within Microsoft when it came to hiring him and it, it's fun to be part of a little community obviously interacting with other people and all that good stuff so if if you get some more visibility by by contributing then that pretty much also makes you well it, it makes you more likely to be recognized and and people to come up to you and and ask you things and recognize you as a, a person who who knows stuff um which is which is also nice to to basically have yeah it, it works on all kinds of sides right it's it's yeah basically the things that you said i mean you're if we if we look at the specific example and that's true for a lot of these projects Gemrin forms it's free to you so you can use it it is used in a lot of commercial projects so it, it's almost unfair to not give anything back at some point right although i mean the commercial companies will probably think otherwise but i know um actually some companies that actually i talked to someone who actually said like okay can you help me do a contribution because our company thinks that's important to give something back and they that company is actually willing to give out bonuses if you uh, contribute back to open source projects that they are using. Uh, so that's really cool. And besides that, so so I, I think it should be part of your job to give give a little bit back, especially when you're running into issues that are blocking you in some way. I mean, if it's if it's small enough, then why not look into it yourself and uh, at least propose some kind of fix? But also for yourself on a personal level, right? Uh, gain experience. You will probably be a better Xamarin Forms developer if you know the innards, if you know how it works internally, you know how how specific things are done a certain way and you know how to work around them if needed or maybe you find a better way to do some other thing so your apps will become better as well you will gain a visibility in the community and i mean it's definitely no guarantee that uh, you will get hired at some point uh, but you know if if that is something that you really want it certainly helps but I, I don't think that should be a goal in itself it certainly wasn't for me but you know if if that opportunity presents itself then that definitely helps. Okay, so now let's consider you have convinced me that contributing to open source is a really great thing. I think we might want to just uh, give some hints how you can actually get started. You know, like where is all this happening? We mentioned GitHub before. So I guess uh, GitHub is a great place to, to look out for projects. I do actually not know of any other site that is this big than GitHub where so many projects are being hosted right now. And I, I also think it's uh, great uh, once you have your account there to to pick something that sparks a bit joy, um, because as Gerald mentioned before, you're probably doing this in your free time, and that means yeah, I I sometimes treat it as a Sudoku. 
I always say uh, Sudokus are fun, but it's just never as challenging as uh, writing some code. And uh, so it's even more fun. And yeah, I think just keep that in mind because you might get drawn in later on into the feeling like, oh man, I, ha- I have to contribute, uh, which then could be stress. But open source can be a lot of fun also. So you can have, you can learn stuff and it can be fun. And how do you go about to know what project you want to pick? So I think one thing you said, get stressed about. Don't get stressed about it. I mean, that's never the goal. You want to get into it yourself. So you it has to be fun. You want to learn from it. And it's definitely not something that you have to feel that you that you have to do, right? But if you if you do decide to to do something, then it's probably most useful if you picking something, some project that you are actively working with, right? So I had been working with Xamarin Forms for years when I thought like, hey, you know, this is kind of approachable. I can do this. I I know my stuff by now. So let's take a shot at it. And there's numerous of NuGet packages and almost all of them are open source these days. So yeah, just pick a NuGet package or uh, some other SDK that you're working with, some framework and just go to the repository. Uh, Maybe you've already done that. I'm pretty sure that you've already been there uh, if you've ran into some kind of issue and you looked up the solution and you came on the issue pages. So why not browse through the code a little bit there? And you will see that the code is no different than anything that you are writing. It's 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 all the same. And there's funny comments in there as well because we're, we're just like normal people, right? We have good days coding. We have bad days coding. And there's hacks in there. I mean, it happens. It's it's just code as normal, as usual. So in terms of what project to pick, I think it's something, some project that speaks to you, that comes to you, a project that you um, enjoy working with and that you have the feeling like, okay, I want to do something back for the lovely people behind this project. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I mean, I, I have a few open source NuGet packages out there and and they're all built because I like tinkering with UI and, and that's what they target. I mean, it's it's very specific and it's very specific to me because that's the kind of stuff I like doing. And if you're not having fun doing it, then, then you should probably not be doing it. Yeah. Are there any tips, that, like if you're doing your first pull request, I mean, are there like some things you probably want to avoid doing when contributing the first time? I did. I did my first contribution, which was really simple. Um, it was just extending an existing Xamarin Forms API with some new methods that I felt were missing, um, which were basically just copies of existing ones with very small alterations in the animation framework, to be specific. But yeah, I, I would avoid probably to bite off a huge chunk of work. As your first ever contribution, um, just just pick up something small to begin with. You know, like I think there's currently still, if you take Xamarin Forms as an example, which well we've been doing and and we're all accustomed to that repo probably. Um, there's still some some tickets in there that are classes F100, which are small fixes um, that should in theory not take that much work. Um, but yeah, just just start small. I think that's that's the main part. And if you once you're comfortable, just up the ante and maybe bring in a completely new feature or something like that. Yeah, so I think that's that's a really good strategy. Um, like you said, if you if you don't have anything in mind that you want to work on, there is issues that are 
usually labeled up for grabs or or F100 or it has some kind of label on it that will tell you that this is something that can be picked up by um, contributors or maybe first-time contributors. There is usually a contributing dot markdown file uh, which gives you some information and I mean the most open source software uh, projects will welcome contribute, uh, contributions. So there, there's probably some piece of documentation and just read through that, uh, what is expected from you because that can uh, differ from project to project, of course. Um, read up on what is their coding style. So do you use certain keywords, yes or no? Um, do you need to include tests, et cetera, et cetera? Um, and I think it's very important, like what Steven said, don't, don't take something big as your first issue um, or the first contribution. I think for your first contribution, it's more important to go through the process, uh, to actually pull down the repo, build it, um, get your get your issue fixed or get your feature in, uh, do the pull request and get some feedback and get it merged. That will take you through the whole process. After that, you won't be as nervous about doing all those things right. You will know what to expect. Um, and then you can actually focus more on the code that you're going to be writing. Um, so that's that's really something um, good that you mentioned there. And I think you can also keep in mind, I mean, sometimes what can also be really helpful to, uh, to maintainers is uh, submitting an issue. And I think uh, submitting an issue, remember, be nice. There, there are people on the, other, on the other end that will be reading it. And uh, I know it's... Usually issues pop up when you're already stressed out, you know, like deadlines are approaching and then suddenly you got this weird bug popping up and it's like, it must be this framework or it must be this and that. And uh, please, please, please make the fix. And uh, yeah, while, while that might be the attitude you are in at the moment, uh, I think it's sometimes good to take a step back, uh, make it reproducible. So help the maintainers to to assess what the problem might be at hand. And while doing that, um, try to give as much hints as you can. And I, I'll be honest, I'll be saying this out loud. While trying to write the repo, I noticed that the code was actually running fine that I've been using from the framework. And it uh, had to be something in my code. And oh, look there, I found it. I fixed it. Yeah, so so, so that's and uh, actually that that triggered me. You say uh, file the issue. Uh, that's something good to to do at first uh, too, uh, before you start contributing. So l- see if the issue is already there, and if so, um, just leave a comment that hey, I I want to work on this, or at least validate uh, somewhat with the team. Like, is it okay if I start working on this, or are you working on it? So that you're not spending a lot of time doing a thing, and uh, it's it's all for nothing because someone else was already working on it or, or something like that. Uh, but yeah, and, and also that's, I think that's the key for this whole thing, right? Just be respectful to everyone. Um, yes, I get that you're frustrated. I get that there is a manager uh, on your case that, that wants the app done yesterday and, oh man, I have to release this and, and now stuff is not working. Um, I totally get that. I understand that, but I'm I'm more willing to help you if you come to me um, asking for my help and saying, "Hey, I got this problem. I suspect it's this and that. I've done the investigation. I found X, Y, Z, but I can't figure it out. Can you please help me?" I'm much more inclined to help you if you do that. Um, maybe even if you don't even open an issue, but if you approach me through email. 
um, then opening some issue with a big rant, how bad we are doing things and blah, blah, blah. I mean, no one's, no one's getting happy, happier from that. Um, and, and trust me, you will just get lower on the priority list. That's, that's nothing that you want to do. Um, I mean, we're all trying to do our best and we all try to, uh, make awesome software and enable you to do more. So, uh, just never do that. Uh, the other thing I'm just going off in a monologue here. I think it, this podcast is, a, this, this episode is all about me. Uh, <laughs> um, Gerald's open source yes. software. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. You can tell who came up with this uh, subject, right? Uh, so the other thing that's that's really uh, uh, interesting that you said is the reproduction. A lot of people um, feel like, hey, that's that's something I see a lot in issues. Oh, I don't have the time to, to create a reproduction, um, which is a very funny thing because they want this issue fixed now, uh, but they don't have time for reproduction. Um, which I think is funny because if that's your highest priority, then you probably have some time to spend to to show us where the issue is, right? My problem is that I usually cannot reproduce it in a... So, and that's the other thing. It's not because it, it, it feels a lot of times like how it's written in the issue, like that we are too lazy to create a reproduction ourselves. And that's not the thing for a reproduction. Uh, we are asking you for a reproduction to rule out a couple of things, to do a couple of sanity checks, like like Mark um, was was so very honest to admit. Um, a lot of the times it happens that we ask for a reproduction and people come back and they say, okay, in the reproduction, if I just do a file new app, I don't see the problem. Okay, so then there must be spe- something specific to your case that is causing this behavior. And everything that you can add to that reproduction uh, to show us where the issue is will bring us closer to the solution. So we can just add um, that one line and it's fixed. Um, or you might even find out that it's not even in our code, that it's something that you are doing. Uh, and that is why the reproduction is so important. It's not that we're too lazy to do it. Um, it's just that it gives you so much information about what's actually going on. And I think uh, what's really important when you approach this entire open source thing is just uh, you will be you'll be able to learn a lot. I mean, you you will be learning new ideas by reading it through code. You'll be getting confronted with um, uh, feedback that also will enable you to learn new things. And uh, it, it we might need a buzzword alert thing in the future in this podcast. But I think having this growth mindset uh, of of being able to learn new things and also assuming that the other part giving you the feedback actually says it in a positive way uh, can have a, a really great impact on on how you will be coding in the future and, and how you will tackle future problems. And I think that's a, a really great thing that you can get, so to speak, for free while contributing to open source. Yeah, and I think that wraps up our episode on contributing to open source software. So if, if you have any experience or, or dreams or anything that you need to get started, um, just contact us. We're, we're always out there, happy to help. So I've been Steven Tewese. Mark Alibone. And Gerald Slice. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And hopefully until next week on Null Pointers.